Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. It's always about you, Ken. It's I'm Chip Chantry. All right, just, you, let's let's go. Let's let's do this. You always <laughs> want to talk about yourself. Just start the show. Uh, okay, I'm excited. Today we have a returning guest, um, which is great, and uh, he has a brand new country album out that I'm excited to talk about. Uh, please welcome back to the show, Bowling for Soups, Jarrett Reddick. How's it going? Good yeah. to see you guys. Nice hey, to man. see you. So, uh, country album. Yeah. What, what made you want to do this? Well, you know, I mean, it kind of starts back quite some time ago, really. I mean, I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas, pretty small town. Country is king. And, uh, you know, grew up with parents that listened to Waylon and Willie and Kenny Rogers and the Eagles pretty much, you know, my entire life that was mm -hmm. playing in the car, in the house. Uh, and so, you know, I, it, doing a country record is something that I started thinking about many years ago. Is just I the big thing was what capacity I wanted to do it. What did I want to start another band? Um, do we do like Bowling for Soup goes country? I mean, I kind of like already have. I'm already in like four bands. Yeah. And Bowling for Soup goes country. I I feel like it would have just been seen as a novelty right away, which I'm I'm already sort of having to convince people to at least listen to it, you know, to, you know, I keep just saying like, give me a shot here. You're like, just at least listen to it. I'm not, I don't, I, I'm not necessarily, I'm not trying to, to poke fun or take the piss as they would say in the UK. So, uh, and then, you know, quarantine happened. I was in this room for two years and, uh, I wrote a Bowling for Soup record. We went to the Poconos and recorded that. And, here I am. Uh, I was here starting year two. <laughs> I had played a hundred or so online shows. I had done a Bowling for Soup album. Like I was just sort of like, okay, what's next here? You know, like, I guess we're going to keep doing this. Another round of shows delayed. And uh, so I had actually brought this up to my friend, Zach Malloy, who was in a band called the Nixons. He's a uh, Nashville songwriter now, does really, really well. He's got uh, a Carrie Underwood number one with a song called Temporary Home. He writes a lot with a uh, wins a bunch of awards with that uh, with the Christian rock band Skillet. Um, and so uh, he, you know, I had mentioned this to him many times, and and finally he, it was just really a phone call, and he just said, "Let's just do this," you know, like what are we doing? Like, and uh, so yeah, man, that was in I think February, and we wrote the record in like three weeks. And then the next thing I know I was in Nashville cutting the vocals and here we are a year later and, and it's out, which is, you know, it, it's, it's been uh it's been a fun little ride. It's a, it's a great album. Chip and I have both been listening. It's called just yeah. woke up. I should have mentioned that up front. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, we were talking off air right before you came on. We liked the little touch of uh Jarrett Ray Reddick. Yeah. So that's actually my full name. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's my uh, my actual name. Um, the it, you know I <laughs> I just did a whole week of in the UK because uh, I was over there playing C two C festival. My very first shows ever. This, this is so Jarrett Reddick. You know, it's just so <laughs> how my life is. But you know, my first two shows ever were at a huge festival in the UK. You know, like, <laughs> of course. I, I, it's just that's that's just the kind of stuff that that happens to me. 
And, um, you know, I did so much press and everybody was just like, did you, did you just put Ray in there just to be more country sounding like Billy Ray Cyrus or, you know, Billy Ray, what is it? Billy Ray Hubbard or yeah, what? Stevie you know, Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Did you just do it to that? And like, man, no, for, to, first, it's such a, it's such a, a, um, a modernly boring answer. Uh, <laughs> I literally did it because I needed the algorithm to it on social media and on uh, streaming sites to not uh, confuse this with everything else that I've done. So in other words, if you type in Jarrett Reddick, so many things are going to come up because I've done so much, so many things right. under that name that's in like the rock thing and the rap and, you know, yeah. all guests on all of this stuff. So how do we distinguish that? I mean, the Jarrett Reddick band didn't make a lot of sense to me because I, I, you know, I don't really know how I'm going to do that, you know, for the long term. Um, and so it was just like, dude, I mean, I'm just going to use my full name. And uh, so that's, that's what I did. And so, yeah, it's, I, I wish I had a better, like, yeah, I, you know, I adopted this Ray because, I was inspired by this or this or this, but uh, it's just a matter of like, well, that's on my birth certificate. It sounds, it sounds pretty country to me. So yeah. here I am. I, how did, how did those shows go? Those first, I mean, you're just, you're just kicking the tires on these songs. Yeah. Yeah. Just never played them live. I did one, uh, online thing where I played a few of them and I've played two of them, uh, like acoustic and, and a couple of different things. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I was sort of being told, you know, hey, I know Bowling for Soup is huge over here. Uh, don't expect anything. This is an older crowd. You know, this they they listen to this radio two and yada yada. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, how old are you talking? Because I've been coming over here for 20 <laughs> years. So right. I'm like, if they're 40, you know, then like they probably saw me when they were 20. Like, are you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like. Maybe they're older now. I don't, the whole thing, I was just, I don't know if that's the way that, that this is going to go. So uh, taking a step back, you know, we I went over there. I took, uh, I do have a drummer that's going to that's gonna play drums in this project. And uh, I took my friend from Jarrett Goes to the Movies, Eric, who's a really good guitar player to play guitar. And then I got a couple of players over there, um, the, the bass player and a rhythm guitar player from this band that tours with us called Lacey. Uh, that UK based and we, we did one rehearsal literally ran the set one time like stopping three times per song and then we did the set another time and it was like okay you guys have, you're out of out of time on the on the on this uh, rehearsal space and then two days later we were you know on stage and uh man it it was pretty cool I, I walked out on stage and uh it was evident that that the predictions of them not knowing who I was were, were, were wrong. Um, it was uh, definitely at least half of this massive crowd, like were applauding and cheering before I ever even hit a note. That was a, a nice little, you know, yeah. a little like, Hey, there you go, buddy, get out yeah. there, you know, yeah. go do this. And then, you know, playing the songs for the first time is really cool. Actually, so the first day at that festival, it was ticket holders only on the stage. There's like six stages, and some of them are ticket holders, and some of them you just have to walk up to the place, and you and you know it's free. So the first day, it was all ticket holders, which was really cool because it was like, okay, you know, people who came to this festival to come to the festival are at least familiar enough with my name to come see me, and and, and the place was packed. 
the next day was really cool because my album came out on the Friday. So the first show was Saturday on the Sunday show. I was in like the free area and you got, there were Bowling for Soup fans there that had already had the record for two days. So like they were singing every word to every song already. And it was oh, just like, that's ah, amazing. you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's funny. Like I, I'm like, I'm building this organically and I, I definitely don't, you know, expect anything. Like I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm, um, I, I realize that I'm going to have to work for this and that, that you know, like I, there's going to be some convincing and I'm going to have to earn it and all of that. But, uh, you know, put, put 25 years into another band and you get a little bit of bleed over. It feels pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And how, how's the reception been from uh, the country, uh, the country crowd? So far, so good. I mean, I've had, um, you know, I've had a bunch of musicians reach out who are in that world. Uh telling me how great it is, you know, uh, my friends in the rock and roll world hitting me up like people out of the woodwork, which I think is super cool. I think, um, you know, I mean, we got 11 studio albums and 23 or something, you know, albums that we've released as Bowling for Soup, uh, whether live or, mm -hmm. you know, compilation, compilations, whatever. And, you know, I, I think people, I don't really hear from a lot of people when we release those, like, it, you know, you don't like, you don't get like people coming out of the woodwork to tell you you did, you did good. Cause it's like, ah, okay, you're just doing your thing. This was definitely felt a lot different. Um, even, even a lot different than other projects, Jarrett and Kelly and Jarinus, like other bands that I'm in like this, I think people were just intrigued by the idea. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the response has been really good. The reviews have been really good. You know, um, you, you can tell when somebody actually listens to it or when someone has just already decided like, okay, I'm not going to like this because this is the joke band guy. Mm -hmm. um, and even even the ones that have sort of – it's only been one or two really that have seen it, you know, as to maybe it being hmm, – I don't know. I mean, not, not genuine, I guess, uh, it's, they still had good things to say. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, you're not supposed to read your own stuff, but I do. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to ask that how much attention you pay to the reviews. You know, I mean, on this, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, when Bowling for Soup first came out, we just got trashed so much because we were, you know, we were funny. And, you know, it was this whole pop punk thing and we were from Texas and, it, you know, and then we kind of became the darlings of, of UK press. And, and then, you know, as, as press does, as, as soon as they build you up, they tear you down. So, you know, in the, in the late two thousands, um, we, uh, they kind of stopped treating us that way. And so I just started ignoring everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when we came back with Lunch Drunk Love, I guess five or six years ago, now oh gosh, I guess it's been eight years ago. Uh, we were uh, at that point, it was like, well, okay, they've been together sixteen years. You know, we're at twenty eight now, by the way. But oh yeah, I think there comes a point where press people have to go. Why? Why would we say anything negative? Like it's obvious they're doing something right. Like our crowds are bigger <laughs> when we play shows, both in the United States and in the UK and in Japan. And you know what I mean. And like, so obviously, it's silly to try and tear us down. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started reading stuff again, which 
I guess is good because uh, I haven't had my feelings hurt too much on this country thing. Just a couple of, like I said, a couple of, couple of people who just really, I don't think we're going to give me a chance anyway. Right. Um, but for the most part, you know, the community has been great. And, um, you know, the Texas country community has been, been really nice. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, the, um, the overall, it's just been very, very positive. Have you ever taken a, a review that, either is negative or, you know, partially negative, you know, they might have something and really taken it to heart and been, been like, you know, it wasn't a scathing thing. It was like, oh yeah, I guess that's true. And then you changed something about the way you performed or like almost like constructive criticism, or do you just totally disregard it? Disregard because I don't really feel like I've ever been given constructive criticism in a review. Like I, I don't think that anyone has ever from a, like an educated or some sort of a point of view that like knows what I do better than I do Mm -hmm. has ever typed words out that, that would go, I would go, Oh, okay. You're right. I'm not doing this correctly because I I know exactly what it is that I'm trying to do. And I know, I feel like I know people who like my music better than anybody on the planet. And so for the most part, um, no, I, I don't remember really ever, reading anything. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I've like read stuff where I'm just like, okay, I could see, you know, where it's like, maybe I've beat a joke into the ground or whatever, or, you know, and, and you know, it's like, for example, like somebody, you, you could make like a snide comment about me and go, okay, the guy even mentions Motley Crue on his country stuff, you know, but to me, that's just who I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. so the fact that I, you know, by the way, I think I'm going to go for the world's record of mentioning Motley Crue in the most songs. <laughs> I probably already have it. Uh, I just need to get in touch with Dennis and figure out, you know, like what's the what's what I got to do here to make this a thing. <laughs> yeah, but I've mentioned them in like 23 songs or something like that. So it's like, uh, but anyway, but back to the review thing. The best thing I ever did with the review is uh we were we were in portland oregon and i picked up like the local magazine it's back in like uh this is probably 2003 2004 and uh and the uh the review just said bowling for soup is the worst band in the history of pop music period (laughs) jesus and so i printed it on a shirt And credited the magazine, like with the Portland whatever. I'm sure it's debunked now. You know, sure. Who's, who's laughing now? I I got a, I got gold records on the wall, and that thing's been out of print for 10 years. So you know? Your medium won't even exist in a decade. So <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I uh, – and what's funny was is that the, the, the guy was so snarky that he was just like – you know, to prevent a lawsuit, um, you know, we, we would like free shirts for the whole staff. And I said, and I wrote back and just said, I'm going to be honest. I'd rather just have the lawsuit. I think that sounds great. You know, yeah. like, let's go. you know, as far as like, as far as publicity, you're going to say that you wrote this thing about me. I put it on a piece of merch and credited you. And then you want to sue me about it. Yeah. Let's go. Like that sounds great. Yeah, I remember. It's so funny you said. I remember um, some lady. I, f- I follow Ice T on Twitter, and I can't remember what she said, but she tweeted something really mean about Ice T, and Ice T 
retweeted it, like quote tweeted it. Yeah. And was like, hey, check out this lady or just something innocuous like that. And then all these Ice-T fans began tweeting at her like, hey, what's your fucking problem? And then she starts tweeting at Ice-T like, please take that tweet down. These people are so mean. Why would you (laughs) unleash your fans on me like this? Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I have this exact story. This is, this is, I'm, uh, I, we had done this show in, uh, in Belgium called Gros Rock and uh, big festival. We ate horse. We didn't know we were eating horse until after we ate the horse. And then we were like, <laughs> horse is delicious. You know, I don't know any other way around it. You know, it's, it, it's good as steak and a burger. I mean, it's, it's delicious. I don't know what to tell you. I, it's, it, it just said steak. It didn't say what kind of steak. I guess that doesn't matter. Right. Tuna steak, meat steak, horse, whatever. Um, but this girl got on the internet and wrote, how embarrassing Bowling for Soup just getting on stage and thinking they are no effects with all the jokes and stuff, right? Well, I've been telling jokes on stage since 1994 when I start, you know, started, yeah. this, and probably years before that and other bands that I was in. So I did the, exactly the same thing. I was just like, where have you been? You know, And I retweeted the thing. And not only did she come at me with uh, with the how could you do this? And because people again started just going out, how could please take that down? I've had to delete my account. And why would you do this? this is so mean. This is and now I've I've I'm depressed now. I'm having to take off of work. You know and this and this and this. And I, I I honestly I responded back and I said I'm not taking it down. I didn't say anything bad about you. You yeah, came at yeah. me. I don't, I don't understand this whole like because I, I did a thing. I put a tweet out the other day, or t- I don't know if it's a tweet or a. I call them all tweets, sure, but I'm sure. never on Twitter anymore. You know, yeah. like it's just it's all a tweet. Yeah. Anyway, I put this thing out and I said, you know, should I, if someone comes at me and says something about, you know, whether it's about my weight or whether it's about my band being silly or whether it's about you know whatever it is that you can come up with. I mean, you're not going to find much because I'm a I'm a nice fucking guy. But, you know, if you, if someone's come at me, like, should I retort, you know, like, I mean, on this, and there were actually people going, take the high road, don't do that or whatever. Either trying to get me not to retort. Anyway, some people were like, you know, Hey, no, do this, do this. And some people were like, yeah, you should be able to. And the point was, is that I, I asked it from a, from a standpoint of like, yeah, basically this is a test. If you say something to me, I can 100% answer you back. And chances are, I'm gonna say something way meaner and <laughs> yeah. way more yeah. funny yes. than yeah. you because I'm real, real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like my last name is Reddick, and if you hyphenate it, it's Red Dick. I've lived with that since <laughs> the third grade. Are you kidding me? So you want to come at me with something? I've been fat, I've been a fat kid since the fifth grade. The only time I was ever skinny was the first few years of Bowling for Soup when I was uh, when I, all I did was just drink beer. You yeah. know, I just didn't eat. So you want a, a fat kid named Red Dick, and you don't think <laughs> I can defend myself? Come on, bring it. It's it's like deal. It's like you know what Chip and I do deal with uh, dealing with hecklers. They're they're sure. never. I say hecklers. It's like. They almost want, it's like they almost turn to their date and they're like, let me show you how much funnier this guy is than me. 
Right. 100%. <laughs> it's very true. Man, you know, the funny thing about hecklers is, is not, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good myself. I'm no stand-up comedian, but uh, but I I can hold my own in 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 that situation. But it's a real weird cultural thing because I don't know if you guys have ever been to the UK, but in the UK you have to be very very careful because if that they'll laugh when a heckler says something, and then when you say something back, if it's like too harsh. And you're in that, but you're at this point of power, and you're up there with the microphone or whatever. Like they, they will turn on you. It's yeah. it's a it's and it, and oh. I've I've seen it happen in multiple cities, multiple size venues or whatever. Like you have to be pretty careful, like how lethal you go. It's, Whereas in America, like the more lethal, the more. I mean, you know, do you obviously you guys know? It's yeah, like, I I no, I I find I find that sort of the same where if you. Start at eleven. It it can turn. It can turn yeah. the crowd, especially sometimes a heckler isn't saying something that all people think heckling means like you suck or you're the worst. But really, right. it's just interrupting the show. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be very mean spirited. So sometimes, sometimes it's almost. I mean, they're almost appreciating what you're doing. It's like, oh yeah, like you know, I do a joke about my dog, and somebody's like, I got a dog too, or like, right. like, like they're engaged, they're at least listening. It's like they shouldn't yell shit. But it's yeah, like right. they're not doing it from a malicious way. But yeah, like sure. you were saying, Ken, like if we start, yeah, if if you start at eleven, it could it could turn the crowd. So it's it's got to be. I, I find you start somewhere in the middle because yeah. that's almost like a warning. Yeah. And then and then yeah. if they keep going, then you escalate. And if they keep going, the crowd's going to be on your side because now they're they're interrupting the crowd. I, I always find um, hecklers to me. I almost respect them because. I can't imagine like when you get to the point where you're on stage and you're like, hey, shut the fuck up. And the entire room applauds and then yeah. they think it over and they're like, I think I'm going to keep going. Like yeah. I can't I can't I would I would crawl under a rock and die if someone told me to shut the fuck up and 300 yeah. people clapped. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, obviously the alcohol thing, you know, because it's like uh, I mean, you saw uh, my acoustic. Yeah, me yeah I, I came to see a few weeks ago. Wonder Bar, and so you saw what the show is, and it kind of, you know, is, is, I mean, you know, that crowd was the like the most talkative crowd. It was like sometimes they were talking so much, so it's like I I knew going in, you know, like okay, here this is not a good place to call people out. They're yeah. they're all talking or whatever. Let's just get through this show. We had a great time, but a few days later, um, you know, actually our our mutual friend Tracy mm-hmm. came to our show and um. These guys had come up to me before the show, three dudes, so stoked, but they were already, you know, they were already doing pretty well as far as, as far as booze is concerned. And I mean, they're quoting my songs to me and they're just there. They could not have been happier to be there. We're taking pictures or whatever. And then by the time the show starts, they're the one of them is just so disruptive and i mean it's it's you know it's not a big crowd i mean there were maybe a hundred and hundred people there maybe you know and they they're just so disruptive and like starting to there he's like and i had to like tell the guy like dude come on man i'm really glad you're here but please just let people you know let people enjoy the show or whatever and his friends were like whoa that just happened you know <laughs> and you feel bad because you're right i mean it, they're not 
it's so difficult because it's just I, I don't know man I just feel I do feel like though that at some point you need to have been taught how to be in an audience yes you know? yeah absolutely I mean and so there is sort of this fuck you factor for me um, even if they are a fan of like man you know I I'm really glad that you're here I, I'm stoked that I have your twenty eight dollars. Um, but I, you know, there's a bunch more people in here that gave me money too. And, yeah. and my job is, is to make sure everybody has a good time. So, you know, sometimes you, uh, sometimes you got to hurt somebody's feelings, you know? Well, and, and then, and then the thing that I try to remember about that is too, it's like, there's, there's hurting his feelings, that one guy, and then the 15, 20 people around him yeah. that aren't having a good time because he, or, you know, it could be the whole room if he's yeah. that disruptive. Like, yeah. so it's like, you have to sort of back up that. Cause I, I feel like heckling's one thing and heckling sucks, but I think what's at least in stand up comedy, what's a more pervasive problem is, is talkers, like people who are talking in the crowd to each other. 100%. So, Cause at least with a heckler, they're at least engaging with you, you know? So it's, it's, and it's that talker that, it's like, oh, well, we're not doing anything wrong. And if you go after them, again, they're not heckling. So 90% of the crowd don't know that they're doing it. But the 10 or 15 people around them, they're having their night ruined because one person is just chit-chatting the whole time. That's that was exactly about. what I was going to say. Uh, that's that's the hardest part, right? Is that the talking thing or just the, you know, like the the two, you know, whatever it is that's that's being disruptive in a small capacity – and you you call them out, and there's like you know at a bowling for soup show in in the UK, there's twenty five hundred, three thousand people there or whatever, and you know for whatever this this disruptive thing, usually talking, I guess at that point isn't a factor, but whatever it is, right? If they haven't been so blatant as to yell some shit out or throw something at you, nobody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I I I see that you know from from doing the acoustic shows as well, like. If if it's just the people in the front row and you know they're they're talking louder because you're playing a song, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's right, like right. okay. You know? Like, yeah. it's like why didn't you stay home and do this? I know, no. or go to the bar. I yeah. mean, you know, like that's you know, when I go to shows, if I'm there to hang, I stand I go to the bar and I fucking Exactly. Play. That's expected of you to be there. I'm at the bar. I'm ordering drinks. I'm hanging with my friends. I hear a song that I like or whatever. I go and I pay attention for a minute or whatever. You know, that's okay. That's a great way to go to a show. But man, once you if you're in the first ten rows, like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm I, I'm laughing thinking about this lady on Twitter that told you she had to take time off work because yeah. Yeah. it's like she had to call her boss and like, hey, I need a few days off. And he was like, yeah. why? And she was like, well, I, I told Bowling for Soup that they thought they were no yeah. effects. Yeah, <laughs> he was she, like, she told me that I was bullying her. She said, yeah, you're bullying me or whatever. I'm like, what did I do? I, I, I didn't do anything. I, I literally put what you put in onto the planet and just gave you the exposure you asked for. That's what know? they want. That's and well, that's what they think they want. Yeah. yeah. You know. And, and but that's just it, right? I mean, you know, I'm at a point in my life which is great. Um I am at a point in my career where for the most part, if someone is being, you know, a jerk or whatever. I don't really have to say anything because the fan base really will just take care of it on their yeah, own. Yeah. I mean, they'll someone will see the comment and it'll it'll get torn apart. 
that, you know, sometimes though, you know, someone takes it a little bit too far or just gets me on a bad day or whatever. Um, you know, I, I mean, dude, I, you know how it is though. Like sometimes you can't not say anything. Like mm-hmm. uh, somebody just put on the Facebook, just literally like 45 minutes ago, this happened. Somebody put on the Facebook neighborhood page. Uh, why do people put cardboard out at the curb during the bulk pickup day? So we have the trash comes once a week and we have a recycle can, but we are, my family lives off Amazon. Everything comes Amazon or whatever. Yeah. I can't, I can't. Plus, you know, we got a new TV and we got this or whatever. It was my birthday. It was my son's birthday. There's a buildup of excess cardboard. I can't get it into all that thing. So they said, uh, why are you people putting cardboard out on bulk pickup day? someone's cardboard blew into my onto my front porch and knocked over a plant right so and then so people actually like were like yeah it's so dumb like why don't you recycle all that stuff right then there were people that were going hey you know what not a lot fits in the recycle can and people like you could get an extra can and you know yada 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 and it's just (laughs) it's going back and forth and so i just go you know um Here's the thing. Uh, welcome to Texas. Uh, the wind <laughs> blows here. Um, it's tornado season yes, right there's now. There's ten of them just blew through yesterday. I go. I go. You know, here's what I said. I go. And and quite frankly, it ain't just cardboard blowing around around these parts, right? <laughs> I tried to sound all Texan and shit, you know. And 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 then and I'm just like, I'm sorry about your plant. I'm glad everybody's okay. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, for the love of God, why are people putting cardboard? Who gives a shit? People put, you know, couches and chairs and, and, and this and this and this. But, you know, it's like the other day there was just a random Paw Patrol balloon in my backyard. Didn't come <laughs> from my kid, right? It blew in from somewhere, but I didn't put a put a post up going, Jesus, with these balloons. Is it- <laughs> are you serious? You know? Is there anything better than those uh, Facebook community pages? It's um, it's so hard to hold your tongue sometimes, man. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it is so hard at times to not just get involved in everything. I'll, but. I'll, I'll put things up just to stir shit. Like I just yeah. like reading the comments. So like yeah. I put up a few weeks ago, something like, um, Why does my daughter in kindergarten know nothing about Ukraine? What are they teaching in these schools? I am a a taxpayer. (laughs) That would go over over so well here because I live uh, in North Texas and they're they're pulling 15 books a week out of the schools for various reasons. (laughs) And and so uh, it's a hot topic all the time around here. That would would probably work really well. God, that's funny. There there was 50 comments within five minutes, and then I got like a message from the administrator. Like, if you keep this up, we're going to have to remove you from the group. And I'm like, but then how am I going to know when balloons blow into somebody's yard? 100%. Yeah, you know the the you know the percentage of people who have had Paw Patrol balloons blow into their backyard recently <laughs> in Texas? My God, it's it's an epidemic. It's crazy. There's nothing better than my my buddies and I used to do that. Though, in the one my my one buddy Greg Gethard just he used to just to stir shit. The one time he was like, "Does anybody know a good place, a good store in town 
where I can buy my best friend's wife a cute top for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the most inappropriate question. And it's like, why would you be buying your best friend's wife a cute top? And just – it just and people can't see that it's he's a comedian just going off. My my favorite one, we, the one we actually got kicked out from from this one group. It, he he posted, uh, "Where's the best place in the neighborhood to go watch teenagers fight?" Like, <laughs> and we oh, jumped I might, in. I and might steal him, that. And we got we got kicked we got kicked out of the uh, the Facebook group. <laughs> If my, people really take serious, we did one, and this is terrible, but this is uh, going back about 10 or so years ago. My, my, again, my buddy Greg, he found it was a message board. This is a real thing. A message board for butlers, <laughs> for actual butlers. I already love this. So we, we would join and just write the craziest stories about how we were butlers. And he, he, I mean, it was just, it, I mean, it was absurd. And we would just keep getting kicked out and joining and, right. and they, they really took it, uh, they really took it to heart. That's, I mean, that's material. I mean, you, yeah. I just, like yeah. you could just read that because that yeah. uh, the comments are the best. My, this, my, yeah. my stepfather will call him. He likes doing the same thing, but he, he's not, uh, he doesn't have the greatest sense of humor, but um, so he'll he'll reach out to me sometimes and be like, hey, I, I need a comment to add to the Facebook. So they were building like some strip mall right down the street from his community. And somebody was like, does anybody know what's going in this mall? And he called me and was like, well, I need to say something that's going to piss everyone off. <laughs> I said, tell them they're opening a methadone clinic. So, <laughs> so he wrote that and then he just sent me the screenshot of him saying oh i heard it was a methadone clinic and he sent me the screenshot of like 184 comments you know <laughs> so good oh man priceless yeah it's, you know people god people are just so uptight about everything now you know like i i i um i, I kind of feel bad for you guys you know, like I, I, it's got to be one of the hardest times ever to be a comedian in in modern days because, you know, I don't know. I guess you can't go out there and worry about it too much. But man, I mean, you know, I being somebody who uses comedy in my set and like I say a lot of real offensive shit. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, fuck. It's just such a weird world. Yeah. And it's it, and like every it's I feel like everybody is mad. So like both like whether it's political or whatever, it's like both sides. There can be certain jokes that you tell that is just going to piss literally everyone off. It's not yeah. even just like oh I'm going to divide the crowd. It's like nobody's going to like this or yeah. you know. So it's yeah, it's 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 difficult. It's yeah. not you know the truth. I people say this all the time, but I think the truth is that um it's a tough time to be a famous comedian. You know, mm-hmm. like like guys yeah. like guys like Chip and I can go and I, I, I say whatever the fuck I want. You know, I, I, I say some I say some dark, inappropriate shit, but nobody is going to get famous blogging that I offended them at a club. You know, right. so there's I, I think it's it's the comics who actually have something to lose where yeah. a lot of that pearl clutching outrage comes from. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I get that, you know, and I, I, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a wacky time, man. It's like, you know, going back and, and, and everybody going back in and dissecting people's jokes from back in the day or whatever. And, or, you know, it's like that with songs too. And 
there's definitely songs that I wrote 25 years ago where I was a kid and I, I was just making shit up, you yeah. know? And then you look back on it and you're like, ah, I probably shouldn't have said that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't, didn't fucking know any better at the time. Right. I really didn't. I mean, I, you know, I, and, uh, I'm, am I, would I say some of those things now? Of course not. You know, like I'm in a, I'm, uh, you know, but that's, that's just it. It's like, I don't, people don't context is, is no. uh, people just don't fucking give any, you know, any thought to context ever. No. Yeah. No, I mean, look, even uh, the Stones had to retire Brown Sugar. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. how I, I I can't even like you can't cancel the Stones. Like, what are they worried about? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's no. Oh, but this song was written literally 50 years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I. Um, one of my favorite comedians, you guys may or may not know him, but, uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And, uh, he, there was, you know, somebody got, uh, a comedian got shut down for something. Um, you know, it might even have been as far back as like Gilbert Gottfried with the, with the, um, with the thing oh, about the, the, Geico. the tidal wave or yeah. whatever. The, uh, yeah. And, uh, he anyway he i just thought it was so funny and just so quick but he was just like you know it's i it's somebody coming after me to find something that is uh you know off color or offensive would be like finding hay in a needle stack (laughs) (laughs) it's like if that's what you trade on yeah i mean it's like it's like that's what he does that's what his audience likes so it's like just don't buy that Uh, by the way i i worked with gilbert gottfried one weekend in Philadelphia and we had a great week. It was, I, it was Saturday night or Sunday night was the last night of the week. I forget what it was, but right before the show, he was getting all these phone calls, like from his agent, from his wife, from his manager, just like his phone was ringing off the hook. And he's like, this isn't good. I hope everybody's okay. Like it's just somebody in my family. He's like, I have to go on stage and do an hour. I'm not going to pick up my phone right now because it's just going to ruin my set. Like, Right. Somebody might have died. So he's like, and he was just kind of nervous about it, but he's like, I'm just going to tur- shut my phone off until after the show. We finished the show. It's the last night of the week. We take pictures with him. The whole staff is there. Like we had a great time. We say good night. It was nice to meet him. You know, it was my first time working with him. Uh, I just go home, wake up the next morning. Front page of like Yahoo News is Gilbert Gottfried fired from Geico for Tsunami. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just Affleck, like, yeah. it just happened that quickly. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. I, I, uh, that's right. I, yeah, speaking of Anthony Justnick, man, this is a true story. Uh, we were going to see him, and we we had invited this new couple. We had met a couple that you know at a at a show or something, and we were like, hey, you know, we're going to see this community. You guys want to go with and and uh, you know, at first the night actually started a little bit wacky anyway because I was just like, hey, where, where do you guys like to eat? You know, there's a bunch of places to eat around. Let's meet for dinner. They're like, oh, we like literally anything. Okay, well, there's this pizza place <laughs> well there's this horse place right there's a horse place right across the street no but there's this pizza place right across the street and they show up and and yada 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 it's like you know check i had sent the menu and everything they get there and then and the lady is just like uh uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm gluten-free there's not they don't have anything on the menu so I'm just like, <laughs> and it's like jesus christ we're off to a bad start here we eat literally anything yeah we went from literally, literally anything, anything right? to practically nothing 
swear to God, this is a true story. We go into the um, into the show, and and I had I had a table, but it's at House of Blues, and I play there all the time. And the person that runs the VIP area was like, "Hey, do you want to you want a booth upstairs? There's an extra one. You guys can just have it." I'm like, "Sure, I'll take it. You know, let's go. You know, it's nice VIP. Get table service and shit. Fuck it, right? Yeah." And we sit there, and the, <laughs> the same woman, the gluten free woman, who's a very very nice lady, by the way. Uh, but she says, I, I said, yeah, I mean, did you guys research this comedian at all? Like, do you guys know? I mean, he's pretty offensive. She goes, ah, we're not offended by anything. Like, <laughs> really? Uh, and I go, okay, well, I mean, I just make it sure she, I swear to God, this is true. She goes, the only, I mean, you know, as long as it doesn't have anything to do with like babies or anything like that. <laughs> That tour, he opened up with 25 minutes on dropping babies. I swear to God. <laughs> 25 minutes over and over and over and over. Just these, you know, him holding his sister's baby and just dropping babies and stuff. I mean, and this, I, she was white as a sheet. Like, literally, it was just like, I'm only scared of one thing, and it's mice. It would be basically like me in a room full of mice. <laughs> did, did you ever hear that story about the time uh, Gilbert Gottfried opened for the Bengals? Oh, in no, the 80s? No. He's opening for the Bengals, and right before they go out, they tell him, like, now, Gilbert, remember, like, this audience, it's mostly teenage girls and their moms. So... You might want to be a little sensitive to that, which, by the way, is the absolute dumbest thing to tell a comic, especially right. somebody like Gilbert. So he walks out on stage and the first words out of his mouth are, hello, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Sometimes that's triumphant. And you're right. It's like the, the I have several stories, but I guess... I'll tell you one uh, of people and they learn their lesson eventually. And people will say to, you know, managers or promoters were like, don't tell him, don't tell him not to say something. He can't not do it. Just don't say anything, you know, or, or say like, Hey, keep your language. You know, if you tell me not to cuss, I won't cuss. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do bits about it, right? but I won't, I won't cuss. But I, I just, I mean, we were in Wales for the first time. And they and and everybody just kept saying to me like, "Dude, whatever you do, man, don't say anything about them being sheep fuckers, man. They hate it." I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, and somebody else would be like, "Man, just don't say anything about the sheep fuckers or whatever, you know." And I, our very first show in Wales, I walked out on stage and I went, "Hey, all you sheep fuckers, we're a bunch of cow fuckers from Texas. Let's rock and roll, you know, whatever." And, and I had them in the palm of my hand. For the rest of the night, you know, I'm just like, and then I was just like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys, I, I don't think you're fucking all the sheep. Sometimes you're just trying to help them over the fence, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it went very well. Great. It went very well. We played Katie Lang's uh, a hotel once at South by Southwest and they said, whatever you do don't say anything about lesbians. Like, like, let's just leave that clear. This is like 2000 or whatever. It's like the label did not know me yet. We were on jive for the first time. And I did five minutes on how vagina, uh, smells like French fries. 
and there were french fries on the buffet that people were eating or whatever and so i was just like i know pretty much everybody here likes the likes the smell of that <laughs> what did, did it go over well it did. It killed. Yeah. But, but but the label people were like up watching me from a balcony or whatever, and they were just completely in shock. Like, and my lawyer had been our attorney for like three years, and he's just shaking his head. It's just like, man, just don't fucking say anything to him, you know? Like, just let him <laughs> go out there and do his thing. He wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't even have thought about saying anything about it. You know, if they didn't put it in my head. Yeah. And once they yeah. put it in your head, because then all I'm thinking is, oh, God, don't say this. Don't say this. One hundred percent. And then and I it, walk out there and I open my mouth and it flies yeah. right out. Well, it's not like they basically just put it in a, on a neon sign for you. Right. And go, don't read this. And then you go out there and like it just the joke sets itself up yeah. every single time. You know, oh, so good. And I, I, I never would have it never would occur to you like. It wouldn't occur to you to be like, oh, let me call them sheep fuckers. That wouldn't yeah, even be exactly. something you knew. Yeah. yeah I, in fact, I had no knowledge of the fact that people in Wales fucked sheep. I had no yeah. clue right. that right. that was even a thing. You know? now, now they put this information in your head and they're like, but ignore it. Yeah. So, well, how mm-hmm. do you do that? Yeah. Well, it just so happens that I'm from a state. <laughs> 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 so so it works out just fine as far as material is concerned and, and it's like it's like telling somebody not to i i was working with uh, this uh this comedian uh this woman who uh she's been doing comedy for years hilarious and this other young comic we were going down to virginia overnight to do this corporate gig and we all drove down together and he had never met the the other comic had never met the the, the, the female comic before and, and before she got in the car i, I drove him down i said like, whatever you do don't look at her. Don't talk. Don't bring up her prosthetic leg. Oh, like, don't great. talk about her prosthetic leg. Like, she's just sensitive to it. Like, he, I was like, don't try not to look at it. The entire weekend, he's just staring at it. And he wanted to bring it up because he was just curious. But he'd be like, oh, hey, I really like those shoes. And he would just, like, say stuff to her just to try to get her to talk about her prosthetic leg. Because right. like, Here's the thing. She didn't have a prosthetic <laughs> leg. I just made it up. <laughs> But I could just tell all weekend he was just staring at it the whole time, trying to figure out which one it was. And he was, and finally, like I told her, I was like, "Look, I told her you had a wood leg," and, uh, and she, <laughs> she just kind of fucked up for a while. <laughs> oh man, that's good. So, Jared, back to um, back to the country album. So, yeah. um, who I, I know you mentioned who who you, your parents had on in the car, but who who. Who were your country influences? Because I heard you do when you did the um, when I saw you at the acoustic show. I, I texted you after you did uh, social distortions, ball and chain, but you did the yeah. country version. That but, but Mike Ness has two great country albums. Yeah, and I wish yeah. he would make more. Um, so I'm I was I'm curious who your uh, country influences are. So Waylon and Willie. Um, for sure. I just love the storytellers. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think lyrically, if you, knowing that I grew up listening to country, knowing that that's a part of my life, if you listen to Bowling for Soup songs, I think it, it'll click and you'll go, oh, well that makes sense. Cause they're all stories. That's what I, that's what mm-hmm. I do. Um, and so I love, you know, Kenny Rogers. Um, but then, you know, I, I, I was, 
gosh, I mean, it w- wasn't 15 years ago where I was listening to George Strait, um, the number ones album. So yeah. maybe it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, but I was listening to the number ones album and I, I love George Strait. And I was late in getting into him. But what I realized was I was like, oh, my God, he doesn't do bridges. Like, all of his songs are two-and-a-half-minute punk rock songs. Like, he's he's as punk as it gets, you know? Yeah. And and so, you know, love him. Love a lot of Texas country. I I, I listen to, you know, always love the old 97s. Um, and uh, now there's mm-hmm. a few newer guys, Randy Rogers and um, – uh, you guys heard of Cody Jinx? He's fucking great. I've heard um, that name. I've heard yeah, the name, but I don't. Newer, know. that's newer stuff. But but yeah, grew up listening to um to to the greats. I I actually do have a Willie and Waylon tattoo. Um and uh, so you know I loved I loved the Outlaws. Uh, you know it's cool. It didn't hurt that you know I was probably fourth or fifth grade when the Dukes of Hazard came out and Waylon Jennings did the yeah the oh sure yeah you know? yeah. Yeah. Is, um, isn't that great that people are like, where does this guy get off putting out a country album? Yeah, and you've totally. got a Waylon and Willie tattoo. Yeah, my uh, my first car was a '69 Ranger Ford pickup. Uh, <laughs> you know, I um, you know, I, I it's just it's a funny thing. You know, I um, and you know, again, I grew up in in North North Texas. You know, where the big city was was Dallas, and that was literally a world away. Like people. Mm-hmm. People came to Dallas for vacation, you know, and some people have never left Wichita Falls. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, and that's just it. You know, you you kind of – this kind of gets back into, you know, sort of just giving the audience at least a little bit of a break. I mean, everybody that listens to 1985 or Girl the Bad Guys Want doesn't know me. You know, they don't don't necessarily know who I am. And and so, you know, and then news travels fast that, hey, this – the fart joke guy is doing a country record and it's like, oh, okay, great. You know, whatever. Um, so I think it's, it's easy. It's funny. Like all, all on the, the, I, I'm pretty active on all of the pop punk, um, groups on Facebook. And I, I, I like, I like to get in there and mix it up with, you know, up and coming bands and fans and stuff. And there's sometimes people are surprised to see me and I'll just say some funny shit or whatever. But, um, so, you know, just, it's just so funny because people are so quick to just, you know, say, have you heard Jarrett Reddick's country album? It's so good. And then people be like, bleh, country, what? You know, and, and I think it's almost like this. I, I was saying this the other day. I actually hate the blues. And so I do that thing that people do with country where I just put this blanket over the blues and just go, I don't like any of that. So I don't like any of that. But then... I'll be listening to something and my wife who, you know, is, is an artist and, and is really into music and stuff too. She'll just go, you understand this is blues, right? And I'll be like, Nope, it's not the blues. You know, like it, you know, cause I, I really like John Mayer, you know, and she's like, you realize that John Mayer is a blues artist, right? Like, you know, that that's like a thing and he's got a couple of pop songs. Nope, he's not. But anyway, that's the whole thing is like, man, you don't have to put this blanket over it because yeah. you know, my favorite musician in the world is Frank Turner and he considered himself a country musician and he's as punk as they get, you know? Right. So, and he, he's on the record, right? He is. Yeah. He's on the record. A song that I wrote, um, about 12 years ago with Rodney Clausen and Zach Malloy, um, called drunk as it takes. And, um, uh, it had been just sitting around and I was doing this record and I was just like, man, you want to sing on this? You know? And I, I, I had sent it. To, I, I let my wife hear it and I go, does this sound old? And she goes, no, it sounds like you. And I, I, it just really came to, 
Um, and, uh, and that's one of the, one of the, one of the audience favorites for sure on the record. Yeah. Did you ever hear the, um, I think I told this story once before, but I may have gotten the players wrong, but I just went back and rewatched the interview. You ever hear the story with, uh, Johnny Cash and Waylon Jennings? Do you ever, have you ever seen Tales from the Tour Bus, Mike Judge's show? So I have, um, but I will say that it's always been on my tour bus after shows. And so I don't remember much of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shooter Jennings told this great story, uh, Waylon's son, about um, Waylon and Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash would come over late at night after shows, still dressed all in black in his suit, you know, completely hopped up on amphetamines. (laughs) Yeah. And he would, he'd be frying up eggs and and him and Waylon were like best friends but they would they would get into a lot of drunken arguments and one night they took it outside oh, and God. They, they get into a fight in front of shooter who's a kid and Waylon gets the best of Johnny and he ties him he gets rope and ties him to a tree and Johnny Cash is yelling untie me don't you know I'm the king of country music <laughs> and Wayland goes, yeah, but now you're tied to a fucking tree. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, man. that show, if you if you could watch it when you're, uh, you know, not after, not after, yeah, a concert, not after a that show, that show is. I I've watched those episodes. Uh, Every one I've seen multiple times. Yeah, I think I'll. I need to just do like I'm. I'm flying to the UK, you know, and back in April and in May and also like two more times in the fall. So I need to just get that stuff on my phone or my iPad or whatever, and just, you know, binge it whenever I'm tied to an airplane seat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember it being really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I sat next to shooter beginning shooter Jennings one time at the, at the, um, billboard awards. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's more to it. <laughs> that's that's really it. I promise. It's just yeah. It's like, what's your tie to Shooter Jennings? Oh, I sat next to him one time. That's it. <laughs> Six degrees of Shooter is what we like yeah. to. Um, yeah, I saw a great George Jones story on there too. They did a they did a George Jones and Tammy Wynette like two episode one. Oh yeah, and he was like such a legendary drunk. Yes, and um. She would, he had this like fleet of automobiles and she would, he would go out, he would always drive to the liquor store drunk and come back even drunker or the bar. And so she would get to throwing his keys away or hiding his keys so he couldn't get out. And one night he can't find any of his keys and Tammy Wynette's in there with uh, George's manager and all of a sudden they hear a noise and they look out and George Jones is on his uh, rider lawnmower yeah. <laughs> heading in the direction of the bar. Like he went down the, the highway yeah. <laughs> on his lawnmower and they drove Tammy and the manager, the manager drove and she pulled up next to him and rolled down the window and cursed up a storm at him. And he just stared straight ahead. He never looked over. He never acknowledged his wife screaming at him. <laughs> got the lawnmower to the liquor store, came back with whatever, you know, whatever it was he drank, you know, like an hour later, 
And Tammy's still in the house screaming at him. And she she said that uh, George just turned and looked at his manager and was like, well, you can see my wife's a little angry with me. So I'm going to go lock myself in the bedroom and drink all this. (laughs) He he never once acknowledged Tammy. And then, and then they said that she, she got rid of the lawnmower so he couldn't do that again. And then he took a horse to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) There, there was honest God, an old man in my neighborhood that had a DUI couldn't, so couldn't drive, but would drive his riding lawnmower to the bar. It was like a mile away and he got caught one night. The cop showed up at his place and he's wasted and the lawnmower's out front. And they're like, you you rode your lawnmower. You can't ride your lawnmower to the bar. You're drunk. And he's like, I didn't ride the lawnmower. It's sitting right there. Uh, and they did. They were like, come with us. And they showed him. He put the blade down. And so there was just a, a path through like 20 <laughs> yards. He just cut one path through like 20 backyards. And it just went directly to the bar and back. Uh, he left a trail. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh man, God! So it, man, a riding lawnmower goes so slow. Like you would think, like you know, you could just hoof just it. walk at that point. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't get it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like you could out jog one of those. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess if you're if you're drunk enough, like any sort of help is good. You know, like uh, any sort of you know, just <clears throat> so yeah, walking can be difficult at times. So yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I think I told you this. I, so when I, when I went to see you, uh, when I went to see you at the wonder bar, I thought walking in, I was like, I think I might be the drunkest person here. Uh, but then I saw you and I was like, oh no, I'm not the drunkest person here. (laughs) But then this girl wandered over next to me Yeah, and you were playing, you do, you do a handful of covers uh, which are great. I love, I love watching artists do other people's songs. And, um, every time you did a cover, she got very agitated and you guys, mm. you guys did Wonderwall by. Oh yeah. So we did what he, we were doing Wonderwall as a joke uh, yeah. on that tour. He, he would just, uh, basically like anytime Rob wouldn't know what to say to something, he would just go, Anyway, here's Wonderwall, and he would start. With, and so I think, I think on that particular show, I think we tried to actually pick through it and do it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking. About. She she turned to me. She was like, you know, they didn't even write this. I was like, <laughs> she's discovering. Yeah, the cover I was like, yeah, time. I I was uh, I was clearly alive in the '90s. Like yeah. everybody knows that he didn't write. I'm like, I don't think that he's trying to pass it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a comedian stealing another joke. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. right. Yeah, but uh, she and then I was like, oh, this is actually the drunkest person here. Every time you did a cover, she would turn to, to turn to me and be like. Well, yeah, this isn't it. This isn't their song. There were some pretty drunk people up front, man. I mean, you know, it's New Jersey. So yeah. there were um, there were several, but, you know, that freaking crowd so good. And that backstage, um, they have this little like mini, mini grand piano uh, and like pictures of Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. playing it and stuff. So it's really cool spot. Did I, I saw David Bryan from Bon Jovi came in 
And yeah. I saw you guys got pictures together. It was funny seeing him walk in and then you're up there. And I'm like, I got two of my best episodes in the same room. <laughs> yeah. He's, dude, uh, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a cool dude, right? Yeah. yeah Is that your first guy. time meeting him? First time meeting him. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, we had, we had a blast, you know, we just kind of shot the shit. I mean, I, I was very surprised in that the stuff, like some of the stories that he was telling us are stories that, you know, I've known for 30 years. It was cool hearing him tell them, but like, I, I really was sort of like, man, you would think he'd be sick of telling this one, you know, but like he told us, you know, a lot of history of, of Bon Jovi that, but it was, again, it was very, very cool hearing it from him. We had a, a great, great time. And, um, you know, I don't smoke, um, that much. I mean, every once in a while I'll have not cigarettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, so I, um, he, he's like, he's got a pen there and he just goes, you know, you once do you smoke? And I go, no, I, well, you're in Bon Jovi. I guess I do. <laughs> you yeah, have to, right? just like, yeah, I'm just like, I guess I just smoke drugs with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. And you know, my wife was like, how was your night? Well, I smoked drugs with the keyboard player from the Bon Jovi from Bon Jovi. Yeah. And, um, she was like, well, that's a, that's a, that sounds like a very successful night. It was a pretty yeah. good night. Uh, it's it. so fun. I was telling Chip, I was just, um, we, we've had Rick Allen on a couple times Yeah. from Def Leppard and, yeah. uh, him and his wife were playing a show in the city Monday night. So I went out to meet them in person cause they've both done it. And at the end of the night, I'm standing out front and I'm smoking a joint with the drummer from Def Leppard. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this is, this is a wild night. This was it's, Chip. Chip and I started this podcast. It was originally supposed to be a different strokes podcast. And then like, we were going to recap the episodes. Yeah. We that's, were just going to do like, do. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. We were going to call it what only, you... the, only the greatest show on television. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, and the thing about it is, is, is that there's so much, in, I was so, you know, I mean, I'm, I just turned 50, so mm. I don't know how old you guys are. I'm um, 46. Yeah. Just a little oh. bit younger. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are in the same boat with me. Like there's a bunch of those episodes that like, you didn't realize what was happening until later in your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Super about, dark. Like, Super dark shit went Super on in that family. Like, I mean, like with the molester guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with, uh, with Arnold's buddy, um, Sam, Sam got kidnapped. Kimberly got kidnapped. Half that family's been kidnapped. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like super. And remember the the remember the episode. I, I was just telling somebody about this the other day. Remember the episode where uh, um, they get there's a bank heist and, and and because Arnold wanted his free toaster. Yep. Yes. And they're yep. in the middle of a bank heist. So it's like it's so weird because it, it's, it didn't hit me that way back then as, as like the, then as adulthood, I would start thinking about it. Or like, remember when Willis spanked him? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I re we remember everyone. What yeah. are you going to, wait here, put this pillow on, on my, he goes, what are you going to use uh, for it to sound like my butt? Your butt. <laughs> remember when Arnold found out that uh, Mr. Drummond's ancestors were slave owners? I do not remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah, there there was some pretty pretty rough one. Yeah, or the, the the one where Arnold climbed out on the ledge and I think was going to jump, and Ed Two Tall Jones had to go save yeah, him. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Just so what I'm hearing is uh, somewhere down the road there will be what you're talking about with Ken Chip and Jarrett. 
Let's yeah. do just it, a, man. Just I a limited, just like, a limited, back. like five or ten episode. Yeah, oh, man. I still, we still do the theme song every once in a while. I'll oh, do the, uh, I'll do the theme song live, and then take it into Facts of Life. And um, you know, just that was, uh, you know, that's that's my childhood. Though. This is my favorite yep. show ever. You know, that's <laughs> like one of the Chip and I would. It was during during COVID. It was playing twice a night, and Chip mm-hmm. and I would be texting. And I'm embarrassed to say how late at night we would be texting about different yeah. strokes, <laughs> different strokes. Yeah. And, and then, then we're like, yeah, let's just do a podcast. Let's do a it. podcast. And then maybe a week before we were going to start, I was like, well, I've got this other idea that might have a longer shelf life. Right, but. Yeah, you probably did it correctly, but you know, <laughs> spinoff is good. You know. Um, All right. Well, yeah. we, remember we, the, we remember could they talk. Had the, they had the comedian on there that had cerebral palsy yes, or whatever. Players, oh, players, cousin, Jerry yeah. Jewel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was she, well, that was facts of life though, wasn't it? Yeah, was facts she, of life. Yeah. But she came on to. She came uh, on different on strokes. Well, facts of life is a spinoff right. from Mrs. Different Garrett. Shows. Yeah. Because Tootie is actually in the bank heist episode. He was um, – because they were all excited. They were going to the amusement park. That's and right. And then he, he didn't get his free toaster. And so they went back in, and then that's when the bank heist happened or whatever. But Yeah, he was uh, trying to impress Tootie. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to have to go a, back and watch But you remember that – because Kimberly went to that school. She yeah. went to the same school as those right. girls, Facts of Life. So, and then that first season of Facts of Life, Molly Ringwald was on it. Yep. Remember, yeah. it was like ten girls. Yep. And then- yeah, yeah. Like, Mrs. Garrett wasn't like the the one of the main focuses at the time. You know, like right. it was definitely more. And there's no Joe either. Yep. Boy, I was in love with that Joe. Yes, I me too. Everybody was. Yeah. 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 I just watched, and this is how sad my life is. I literally just watched, which you can watch on YouTube, the I think 1985 made-for-TV movie Poison Ivy about summer camp starring uh what is her name nancy mckeon mm-hmm. yeah michael j fox yeah and, i remember uh, that TV yeah classic yeah yeah man just some of that stuff from back then where you didn't know like it didn't all register like remember that movie little darlings with tatum o'neill and christy mcnichol mm-hmm. yeah and they go to camp and the whole thing is for one of them to lose their virginity or whatever yeah there's so much adult humor in that or not humor adult content in that movie that like I think about it I'm like man if I watch that now would I be like why the fuck was I watching that when I was a little kid because <laughs> you had no idea you know yeah. I had no idea and by the, but when we grew up that was the plot of every movie was just horny teens trying to lose their virginity that that's 90% of 80s comedies yeah. yeah yeah you're exactly right which is why you know uh it, funnily enough I just had um Thomas Ian Nicholas here at my house for a couple of days, mm-hmm. the star of American Pie. Yeah. And uh, y'all should have him on, by the way. He's a musician. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's great. He's a great yeah. guest. He's oh, great. Um, Super open about stories with the movies and all of that stuff. He's great. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the success of that movie is just because they, we weren't, they weren't making those 80s, right. you know, the virginity comedies anymore, you know, okay. just like – when it get late, and then the, the um that newer one that that just came out with oh uh with the girls do it cock blockers have you guys seen that with I John Cena I haven't seen oh it. I you know I saw part of it. my my wife was watching it I walked in yeah it is fucking great like I we all need to just accept that John Cena is awesome yeah that's oh, just, absolutely. yeah we we can't like we can't just go okay he's another wrestler that's done this yeah no I'm he's he's funny he is a comedic talent he really is and uh but anyway i recommend 
cock blockers because it's a um, sex come from the from the other side. It's girls that want to lose yeah. their virginity. Okay, and uh, super super funny. Yeah, it's it seems like every ten years or so, people remember that those movies can be hilarious if done well. Like mm-hmm. it was like American Pie, and then there was nothing like that. Then Super Bad. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how that. You know, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I understand that it's hard for movies that aren't superhero movies to make money. Yeah, you know, I get it, but. You know, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of sad, honestly, man. I, I I love I love going to the movies. I like that. I like the experience of going and getting my bucket of diet coke and a box of milk duds, and sitting there and it's sounding all cool. And I like the previews and I just and especially now with the comfortable seats and shit. But you know, more more often than not, now it's like we look and it's just like there's nothing on, and I, you can't blame COVID for everything. I mean, there yeah. there have been movies made. Yeah. Well, just, I, I remember being a little kid and I was a huge comic book nerd and I loved all those Marvel and DC comics. And I remember being a kid being like, why won't they make comic book movies? Because they would be the greatest movies ever. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, why won't they make anything but comic book movies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And then, it's either that or like super indie movies, you know, where the the people do it, you know, for the for the sake of doing it, which is great, right. and some good movies come of that. But you just we don't get the big budget comedy anymore. No, no, no. And, yeah. uh, and and I guess it's just a risk, you know, from the studio standpoint. It's like they couldn't have known that the Hangover was going to be yeah. what it was. Huge. I mean, there's yeah. no way. And even American Pie, you know, he's like they had no idea what they had, and they definitely, you know, they made five of those, which yeah. I, no four, I guess. Four plus a bunch of spinoffs of it, you know, yeah. where, with Eugene Levy and shit. So that franchise is crazy. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Funny is good. Yes. All right. Well, listen, Jared, on that note, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you um, for having me. Sorry I had to reschedule last no, week. No, 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 no worries at all. No but, worries uh, at all. I certainly uh, appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, new Bowling for Soup album comes out uh, April 22nd. So if you want to do this again, oh, let me know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I am uh, two things I'm going to text you offline and bother yeah. you about. For sure, we want to get Thomas Ian Griffin on. And at some point, we have to talk about a different strokes uh, yeah. podcast. Limited yeah, run. We know you're a busy guy. Five no, episodes. I would, I would totally do it. I think the way that we do it is we do it in seasons. So we do oh. all, we record it all and then we release it, you know, like, and then we do the second season or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I'm definitely down. It'd be great. Yeah. And I, um, you know, I, I, I loved that show. Yes. You know, I, it's, I, 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 I have an unabashed love for it. It's not like ironic. It's not me trying to be funny. Yeah. My daughter got so sick of it over COVID <laughs> because yeah. every night stars played a block of it. So it was right. one hour, and I was like, this is what we're watching. You could watch your dumb shit before or after, but we're watching different strokes. And she hated it. Yeah, that just hit me, though, that Mrs. Garrett started out on different strokes. Yes. She was yep. the original right. maid, and then she went the to best, work The best, too. School. She was the best of all of them. The best, yeah. Adelaide was, Adelaide was pretty great. But She's Mrs. funny. Yeah, it was the best, yeah. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Best yeah luck with thank the you album. so it's much. Great. Yeah, thank you. And Appreciate and, and uh, stream his new album, and uh, we'll have you back on when when the new Bowling for Soup record comes out. 
JarrettRayReddick.com, and uh, that's everything I do is there. So uh, I, I, uh, but I, I really think if you guys, if you're listening, and you're uh, you're into music, I, I think you'll like it. It's it's um it's not new country. It's not pop country. It's just a, a good old country album. Yeah, it's a fun record yeah. for sure. Thanks, guys. All right, this has been I All Love right. Rock and Roll. We'll see you next week. <laughs>